Good morning and happy Monday. Today's going to be an outstanding day. We can and we will. Welcome back to Monday Mindset. This is the weekly segment here from the DC Local Leaders Podcast, something separate that we do. And every week we take a look at a thought, an idea, a concept, something to get us going for the week, something to ponder, something to consider. Maybe it'll help us shift the way that we think or we'll overcome a challenge that we're working on or you know, just make that change in our life that we've been looking to do. And you'll notice that we actually did take a hiatus last week. And this week, we're a little bit less produced. I don't want to overly produce this segment. I want to do something a little bit more authentic with you guys. I've gotten some feedback that you really do like the Monday mindset. Uh, there was a moment that I thought maybe we wouldn't do it anymore. And um, so I really appreciate everyone that reached out and said, hey, no, please keep doing it. And I do want to continue to adapt. There's something that I, I think about a lot when it comes to seasons right? Not just seasons in the weather, but seasons in life, seasons in business. And over the last couple of years, my consulting business and and what I've been trying to do as an entrepreneur and starting this platform and helping others has morphed and changed in many different ways. And it's time to continue to adapt. And part of that is to recognize what season you're in and adapt accordingly. And one of the things that I'm doing now is I want to try it here today on this Monday. I want to just start sharing more of the information that has helped me as an individual. I talk a lot about the shift in the thought and all of the changes that I've gone through over the last eight years, going from, you know, I was homeless. I was doing all kinds of stuff, living a very different life. And I've been able to change all of that around. And it's helped me personally. It's helped me with my relationships. And it's also helped me in business. And it's built some incredible relationships. And those are continuing to grow and new things are continuing to happen. So But it's taken a lot to get there. And instead of just talking about some of the experiences I've had, I want to start sharing more of the information that has helped me to get here. So today we're going to listen to something here from Emily Fletcher. She's someone that I started listening to a while ago through Mind Valley. If you're familiar with Mind Valley, you can check them out. If you're not, check them out for sure. You can Google Mind Valley. I'll also link this talk, which is from her keynote at Mind Valley a couple years ago, right below the show here. But she talks about mindfulness, meditation, and manifesting and the difference between those three. So this has made a major difference for me, uh, just understanding it and just practicing a mindfulness practice. So and just another reminder, as always, please make sure you use the link below and join the Whole Human Method newsletter. That newsletter is is more information like today's episode. It's, It's our opportunity to share those mindset tips and those tools and those books and those ideas and concepts that maybe all it takes is reading that that one issue, that one weekly newsletter that changes something about the way that you do something in your life that makes all the difference and starts that ripple effect. And that's why we created that newsletter and that's why we do it every week. So make sure you use the link below and join that. And let's get into today's episode here with with Emily Fletcher. I think you're really going to like it. It's not going to go very long. Her total talk is about 45 minutes. This will just be a quick clip, but I do, uh, I encourage you all to, to listen to the whole thing. It makes a major difference. All right, here we go. (laughs) I think you actually have to apply. Um, But if you apply, your chances go way up. Okay, so that's my story. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's talk about the three M's. What are the three M's? Mindfulness, meditation, and manifesting. 
And these three M's have really become the, the trifecta that is the Ziva technique, which is what I teach. And, and I want to start really by focusing on the difference between mindfulness and meditation, because a lot of us are using these terms as synonyms, and they're not actually the same thing. Okay, I mean, how many people have heard people just use the terms mindfulness and meditation interchangeably, right? So here's how I would define mindfulness. And P.S., I'm sure you ask another meditation teacher and they will give you another definition, but just see if you like this one. <laughs> um, so mindfulness I would define as the art of bringing your awareness into the present moment. Beautiful, right? The art of bringing your awareness into the present moment. And we could all practice that right now, right? And let's just do it, right? Just close your eyes. You don't even have to put your pens down. Just close your eyes and just take a big, delicious inhale. And exhale. So good. And this time as you inhale, I want you to actually feel the breath as it enters your nostrils. And as you exhale, I want you to feel the tactile sensation as it exits your nostrils. Really good. And open your eyes. So that was like a mindful moment, right? That was one mindful breath where we brought our awareness into this moment, into the right now. Very powerful, okay? Especially in this age where we've become bulimic of the brain, right? We're just constantly ingesting information via technology. Um, now, most of the apps out there, most of the YouTube videos, most of the drop-in meditation studios are, are teaching what I would put in the category of mindfulness. So anytime you are directing your focus, anytime you are doing a guided visualization, anytime you're focusing on your breath, counting your breath, visualizing your chakras, imagining a waterfall, I would put that in the category of mindfulness, right? Waking state, left brain practice and you're directing your focus. Now, this is an interesting time to be alive because neuroscience is catching up to what these Indian dudes have been saying for 6,000 years. And uh, now, not only can we prove that meditation is good for you, but now we can start to prove how different styles of meditation are impacting the brain differently. So in mindfulness, where you're directing your focus, a smaller part of the brain lights up very, very bright, right? Which is sort of indicative to how mindfulness is helpful to you. If you practice mindfulness, you notice that you get very good at like focusing on tasks. You get very good at um, like putting one foot in front of the other and being very present where you are right here, right now. Now, mindfulness is also derivative of styles of meditation that were originally made for monks. Right? And I actually think that it's why a lot of people think that meditation is hard, because people like us, and if you think you might be a monk, you need to talk to me, because I'm going to send you on a different program. Um, but people like us, people with busy minds and busy lives, people who live in society, if we're trying to practice styles of meditation that were originally designed for monks, then it feels sort of hard, and it feels a little bit like, why can't I clear my mind, and why is this so... And like, like Mia was talking about, she was just like frustrating and fidgeting, and just like, I suck at meditation and I quit. Um, so if... So mindfulness is a little bit more disciplined. We're coming back, we're coming back, we're coming back. And a smaller part of the brain is lighting up, but very, very bright. But mindfulness, what mindfulness is best at is dealing with your stress in the right now. Like my boss yelled at me today, I got a little stressed, let me listen to my app, I feel better in the right now. Like I have a headache, I take an aspirin, I feel better in the right now, okay? That's the first M, mindfulness. Now let's talk about the second M, meditation. And I want, 
for a moment, I'm going to ask you guys a favor, and I want you to take everything you've ever heard about meditation, and I want you to throw it out the window just for these next few minutes that we have together. Let's just go into this with beginner's mind and see if we don't learn something new. Again, if you, if you disagree or you think I'm full of hogwash, then that's fine. You don't have to accept this for the rest of your life, but let's just see if this makes sense to you. Meditation, as I would define it, is basically when we're accessing a verifiable fourth state of consciousness. So different than waking, different than sleeping, and different than dreaming. Okay, right now, hopefully, I haven't put you to sleep yet, hopefully right now we're all in our waking state of consciousness, right? which is different than where we are when we're sleeping, different than where we are when we're dreaming. When you start to cultivate a meditation practice, you actually move into a fourth state of consciousness, okay? And in this state of consciousness, the right and left hemispheres of the brain start to function in unison. And this is important because your left brain is in charge of the past and the future, and your right brain is in charge of the right now. Right, I'm going to say that again. Left brain, past, future. Right brain, right now. Left brain, critical thought. Right brain, creative thought. Left brain, I suck, I suck, I suck. I'm going to die in love with cats eating my face. Right brain, write that book. Call that guy. Start that company. Okay, so we actually want to have both of these guys functioning at the same time, right brain and left brain. So when we start meditating, we're accessing this fourth state of consciousness. Um, and when I say that it's like a verifiable state of consciousness, what I mean is that if you were to hook your brain up to an EEG machine, which is electroencephalography hardware, there are eight classic points on the right brain and eight classic points on the left. And in waking, sleeping, and dreaming states of consciousness, the right and left hemispheres of the brain are functioning separately. But in this fourth state of consciousness, all 16 leads of EEG rise and fall in unison. Which I think is a pretty cool party trick that you sitting quietly in a chair could actually change your brain signature, but why would I want that to happen? Well, everyone should, right? Because left brain is past future, right brain is right now. We want these things talking to each other. Now, when you start meditating, Instead of a small part of the brain lighting up like it does in mindfulness, the whole brain lights up, and that starts to increase something called neuroplasticity. And neuroplasticity is the brain's ability to change itself. It also increases something called neurogenesis, which is the brain's ability to generate new brain cells. Okay, and that's happening because you have this whole brain cohesion happening when you're doing this practice, okay? So again, cool party trick, but why? So when the whole brain lights up, the right and left brains are talking to each other, and that strengthens and thickens something called the corpus callosum. Now, the corpus callosum is the white strip that connects the right and left hemispheres of the brain, and we've known for a long time um, that meditators have thicker corpus callosums than non-meditators, but we weren't able to prove if it was causal or correlated. But now we know that the longer you meditate, the thicker this thing becomes which suggests that it is, in fact, causal. It suggests that it is the meditation that is thickening the corpus callosum. So great, why would I want a fat corpus callosum? <laughs> um, because it is the very thing that allows you to come up with a creative problem-solving idea even in the middle of a high-demand situation. Okay, so your boss is yelling at you, you get kind of stressed, and like it's like, uh, I don't know, I'm sorry, uh, goodbye. Um, or you get into a fight with your partner, and it gets pretty heated, and then it gets really heated, and then eventually you just like shut down and retreat to the bedroom. And about two hours later, you start coming up with all these hilarious, witty comebacks, and you're like, why? Why couldn't I have thought of that in the moment? Um, well, my hypothesis is, is that the thicker your corpus callosum is, the easier it is for you to come up with all those witty comebacks when it counts. 
right? Because none of you guys care how hilarious or amazing or enlightening I was last night in my hotel room when I was making my notes for this. It doesn't matter. It matters how well I perform right now. And we really need the combination of left brain and right brain happening simultaneously. Also, I don't think that nature makes mistakes. And if you look at a human brain, it's actually 50-50, right? Why would nature have given us 50-50 if it wanted us to use 90-10? And yet that's what most of us are doing. We're thinking, we're taking action, we're achieving, we're making money so we can be happy in the future. We think, we take action, we achieve, we make money so we can be happy in the future. And meanwhile, our poor little right brain is over here like, I have a creative idea. I have a suggestion. You're like, shut up, right brain. I got to think and take action and achieve and make money so I can be happy in the future. And so what we start doing, I'm going to take a little water break now. Um, <laughs> so that was just a quick clip from her talk at Mind Valley, where she discusses her method of mindfulness, meditation, and manifesting. Like I said, the full clip is linked below. And uh, let's have a great week. <laughs>